work with friends and family, but you have to be very clear and you both need to have some sort of coach or guide. Like people that are doing it without any guidance, I don't know how. I, I'm like, I don't know how do you hate each other? What are you doing? <laughs> you're just like making it up. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Sid Sharice. And I'm David Bosher. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. Where we teach you to salon differently. Ditch the can and go digital today. It's 2022, and with inflation plus an open color bar, we are experiencing more color loss, and this time, we can't just blame the drains. Join the thousands of salons that are digitizing the most creative aspect of their business. Never lose, never guess, and never worry. Head to salonscale.com DTH to see why thousands have joined the Salonscale movement. Use code DTH10 at checkout for 10% off. I hate to burst your bubble, but stocking retail shelves does not make you money. But you know what does? Online sales. We have partnered with Salon Interactive to bring you a free marketplace to sell the products that you love to your clients and followers without having to spend a dime on retail. Instead, you get to make a large commission from your sales, whether your clients and followers buy them at 2 a.m. from their couch or directly from their phone while eating breakfast. Making money in your sleep is now possible with Salon Interactive. And the best part is, it's free. Visit saloninteractive.com DTH for more details. Let us introduce you to one of our favorite product companies, Reverie. Reverie is hair care for all humans, no matter your hair type. Their clean and innovative formulas nurture the integrity of your hair for unrivaled results. Reverie is made intentionally in California, paying attention to detail at every stage of the process. Their mindfully sourced vegan ingredients and environmentally friendly packaging showcases their commitment to creating alchemy in a bottle. Reverie was created in 2011 by Garrett Markinson and continues to be a family-owned and operated business to this day. Tap the link in the episode description to get connected with our friends over at Reverie. We are cutie. Like, we are super cute. I kind of love remote. I mean, we, we do all our episodes in studio, but because of schedule conflicts, scheduling conflicts. And because your ass decided to move to Chicago. Mm-hmm, we are recording <laughs> a couple batches of this episode on, or this podcast on Zoom. And we are keeping the video. I- I have but a very different experience. We're with a little remote. different for me. <laughs> yeah, like my apartment's like 700 square feet if I'm mm-hmm. lucky. That's wind wet. And <laughs> there's noise outside. There's construction going on right now. If you hear it, I don't know what to tell you. The doggy daycare people have not come to pick up the dogs. <laughs> and so they're going to interrupt this podcast at some point. Listen, we said a long time ago we were done editing this podcast. Whatever happens, happens. And that's it. Yeah. So it's also kind of it's, it's also weird too that like while people are listening, they're listening like usually it's like when you listen to something, you're like, oh, you're tuning in f- to a New York radio station. Mm-hmm. But like when they're listening to us, they're actually listening from Chicago and New York, which is kind of I know. It's like time travel. When we have guests, they're like all over the world. So it's time travel. That's all that's happening. (laughs) The magical world of the internet. (laughs) David, I think we should talk about (laughs) our relationship. Okay. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Uh, Reason being because one, we're best friends. Mm hmm. 
And two, we tell people to not go into business with their best friend. <laughs> I don't. I I haven't said that. I, I tell. I. I, I was don't, told that by my dad. Yeah, it's not that I've told people not to go into business with their best friend, but I have said a lot of times they go in so reactively, like like this is my best friend for like a second, and then they're like, we're gonna open a business together, and then like. A year later, they're like, I literally want to, you know, get out of this partnership. And so you and I have been friends for a billion years and we started this business together. And I think it would be awesome to share things that we've learned where we messed up and also like how we make it work and also stay best friends. I would say we did all the wrong things in the beginning. Like we did everything like 50, 50 in the sense of like, we were supposed to do the same things all the time. Mm-hmm. And you and I we have had very... never owned a business before. Yeah. So we're like, we have to do the same thing. There's two of us. Yeah. And you and I have very different strong suits. And I think that's when you go into business, that's kind of the point. And now that we have, and we'll go into some of those things, but now that we've been in business for seven plus years, now it's like when we hire someone, it's like we hire people because they can do something that we can't or they have an audience that we don't. Like, it's kind of nice to hire in that way because I think the natural tendency to hire is someone who... Someone like you. Someone like me, yeah. Where you're like, they work like Not me. you, David, but like... Yeah. You, the owner of the business. And I think you and I, we've had a lot of fights about who does what and mm-hmm. what belong, even like how much of the company belongs to who, which I don't mm-hmm. think people talk about a lot. The beauty is that it is, it can change all the time. But I think a lot of people go in thinking everything's 50-50 and it's not. And it's yeah. not 50-50. For example, there are going to be years where I do less than you because mm-hmm. my life requires it. There's going to be years where you do less than me because your life requires it. And that's kind of the point of owning a business, but having the conversations around it so that people don't get upset with each other. Yeah. And we had those conversations by default because, I don't know, we just, things would happen and we get frustrated with each other and I don't feel like you're doing this and you're not doing this and it would just kind of like go out of control. But now it doesn't feel that way. And I think it's because not because... Not because we now do more, but I think actually because we now <laughs> we do know, more. <laughs> we do more, but we now know what each other does and what each other doesn't do. And I think that well, was even what in we the learned beginning, for five years. We were learning like, I freaking, you know, when we first started this company, we were in our early mid 20s. Like, obviously, it's a whole different beast of, you know, uh, we're completely different human beings now. But that's my point. Like, we have ebbed and flowed like to put people in boxes from when you first started a business to like 10 years later, like we have, like things are supposed to change. But I remember even like I wake up really early. Like I've always woken up really early. So it wakes up so early. But now you wake up early, but in the beginning you didn't. And so we were trying to work on the same schedule, which didn't make sense. We're two different people. We have an online company. And so it ended up being like, we finally sat down and we're like, when do you want to work? And when do you want to work? And how can we respect each other's work times and really getting good at that? I work late into the, well, I don't anymore now that I'm in my 30s. But in my (laughs) 20s, I worked late into the night. 
like Sid would be asleep and I would be working on things. And then I would wake up and you'd be like, I came up this idea and I'm like, in your (laughs) dreams? Like what happened? So like that's, you know, and I think that's a great thing. But I think when you are trying to build a business together, it can be difficult unless you Mm -hmm. expect it. And I do think that everyone comes in, everyone has the same story this is my best friend or I love working with this person or we've worked together before, you know, I mean, what, what other version of a business partnership is there besides like mergers or like, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. But when it comes to like small businesses, you go into business with family and friends, like yeah. you just do that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but you just have to be really hyper vigilant about like how you build the relationship and how you divide the work. And I think the biggest thing was what you know, getting clear with you and you getting clear with me, like what we don't do, mm-hmm. not what we do, but what we don't do. Well, that we struggled with that because we we sat down, we would, you know, we have like annual meetings anyways, like of like, what do we want this year to look like? What are our goals? What do we want to do differently? There is the emotional level of like caring about the other person as your best friend in the sense of like, I want them to be fulfilled and vice versa. But also like, what do we have to do together to make this business profitable and make sure that it's running and make sure that our team is thriving. And uh, I hate that word sometimes, thriving, because everybody uses it. Um, (laughs) But we did, we sat down, we were like, okay, what do you want to do? And I was like, I, at the time, just to give everybody like a view of what this was like back in 2016, like we Uh. built... We, we built, lived in a high. Remember, remember <laughs> we lived in this apartment in Brooklyn. Um, obviously, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, you know that because we used to do the podcast on our kitchen floor with one mic. Yeah, if you want to know what it was like, just go to yeah, episode one. One. <laughs> you really want to visit that <laughs> lifetime. But uh, I remember, you know, we built the entire website, social media. We did everything ourselves. Like, you know, we built up to now being able to pay people to help us with these things. Like we couldn't afford a podcast studio. Like we have Hangar now, Hangar Studios. Um, no, that- we would just record. Literally, we would put this microphone that I'm still using today, <laughs> like on our floor or on our table, or uh, and we would just sit as close to it as we could. Mm-hmm. And you would hear pipes hissing and cars <laughs> Dogs honking. and everything. But we... We sat down and we were like, I was like, I don't want to do the website stuff. Like, it overwhelms me. I want to know about it. I want you to teach me it because it's it's one thing to not to say I don't want to do it because it scares you and but not know anything about it. So, like, if anything was to ever happen where David had to take off, like, I could jump into our website stuff and handle it. But do I want to do it on the day to day? Absolutely freaking not. And at the time, David didn't want to do social media. Flash forward to now. We've taken on completely different roles. David actually does social media. Like, you still do the website, but now we're all working together. Like, it's one of those things that, like... The podcast was a nightmare. I remember I remember, I used to edit the podcast as well, and that's why I have so much respect for Roselia and Max and everyone here at Hangar Studio. I used to sit there on iMovie and, like, edit, and take, and I would take out every, like everything I could that made it not great. And then I went through a phase of like, fuck this. Like, I'm just going to let it be. What's funny is we actually, when we got the studio, that's when we said, fuck this. When we actually are paying someone to edit it, we were like, don't edit anything. I think it was just trauma. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember I got so mad one day. I was so sick of doing 
the podcast and editing, and I was overwhelmed. I remember that this I, day. I broke my computer. I took my computer and I smashed it, and it was not a great day. You also couldn't afford to get another computer, so yeah, it was a, very it was a nightmare. <laughs> but um, I smashed my computer on the countertop, and I will tell you, it was the most freeing feeling. But it was definitely pre Lexapro. <laughs> but I, but I, it was like a sense of like overwhelm. And I remember I was mad at everyone. I was mad. I was mad at Sid because I felt like she didn't care that I was doing this. And this is a thing that happens in partnerships. Like, mm-hmm. like no one appreciates what I'm doing. And, and I know Sid has that feeling about me, especially because mm-hmm. Sid does finances. And I'm just like, I don't, let's just spend the money. <laughs> so like, there's always going to be those days and those levels of like, no one gets what I do. No one appreciates what I do. And that never really goes away. Even recently, we had an issue where, like, I felt like my calendar wasn't being respected. Yeah. But then we communicated about it. And it was like, let's move. Let's let's switch this up. The conversation was about less than five minutes, whereas before it would have been like a five month. I would have drawn out for five months being angry. Yeah. And I wouldn't have fully said it. And then I would have, you know, like we do reactive things, like weird things like. Well, I'm going to block out all my time, which is what I started doing, which is like, well, if no one's going to respect my calendar, I'm just going to block out time. But then it was like even worse because people were like, why is this block here? And can I remove it? Yeah. <laughs> and then it would just make me angry. But these are like real things that happen. Because sometimes, you know, owning a business is like having a child. Like sometimes you do have time set aside to do something else and something happens and you have to decide in that moment, am I standing my ground and saying, no, this can wait? Because not everything needs to be addressed immediately. Not everything needs to sacrifice your personal life. But sometimes we're like, okay, we got to get this done. Like, we need to move this around to do this. But I think the biggest thing is we communicate. I probably communicate with you more and better than I do with my own wife. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Like, I'm like, okay, we need to do this. Like, we, I mean, we're talking all day. Have you ever had days where you're like, I don't like want to have this conversation with David. Like I just don't want to have this conversation with him. And I yeah. have to ask him. I have that all the time with not just you, but like with everyone. Oh yeah. Like it's I'm like, just like I have to like ask them about their student and the email and the thing and the and then I like <laughs> go into like a paralysis of like, let's just shut the whole thing down. <laughs> shut it down. Over like the smallest the smallest things. Well that's the what, thing. It's like I think people think that it, like you and I are really good at sharing the rawness of things. Like my least favorite word. The uncomfortable things of business ownership, <laughs> because when I a think lot of, of raw, I, I just want you to know when I when I, when you say the word Lady raw, Lady Gaga's I, dress. I think no, I think of someone peeling back their skin. Okay, enough. And showcasing their <laughs> muscle. That every time someone says that word, that's like I feel like it's very raw. Listen, I <laughs> can now not handle that. I can't handle that. My, we talked about this. I can't get over it. But my wife was in surgery rotations oh and she had God. to cut someone's toe off. And I, I look at her differently now. I can't handle yeah, it. Like, I agree. So when you say that, I'm like, Sociopathic oh. behavior. That's what I think. <laughs> I know she's getting paid to do it, but really, it's, it's so gross. But Was anyways, it a dead person or a real a live? A live person. It was surgery. Oh this person had to have their toe removed. And now he's just hobbling around? I, I mean, I'm sure that's not how it works. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. That's her thing. Go text her. Ask her. But you know what? Like, that's the thing, too. It's like people need to talk about these things because we have students that are like, I'm afraid to talk to my business partner. And then they feel guilty 
about that. And it's like, no, that's part of it. Like, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to hate your whole team. You're going to do this. Like, you just have to be aware of it. Like, the guilt is not necessary. The, you the, and I, You and I are so different in the sense of, like, you're very organized and scheduled, which I think I'm picking up on as I get older. But my natural state is like, don't put anything on my calendar. I can't handle it. Like, just tell me like in five minutes if we have a podcast. Like, that's my, mm-hmm. you know, and then not that that always works. But in my in my mind, it's like if it's on the calendar, I have anxiety about it mm-hmm. for days. Whereas Sid is the opposite. If it's on the calendar, she doesn't think about it because it's just. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm So like we to have do. very different approaches to scheduling and things like that. So that's been something for me that has always been really difficult. You actually taught me to prioritize my time because obviously we were raised in hustle culture and I had the mindset of... The Tasmanian devil? Yeah, I have to do it. I have to be there. There was guilt if I wasn't there. And I've learned over the years that like, no, my time is valuable. Like I need to take time off. I need to block time out. I need to say no. Like I need to do these things. And well, you, you know, when we were younger, you used to do this thing where like, if I was editing the podcast, you felt that you should be involved because that's when we figured out we're not supposed to do the same thing. Yeah. It's like, you don't need to be, I need you to go do some, you go do something else. And I think that was as friends, we do it. We did everything together. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, strains on your friendship too because it's not it's not necessary and once we kind of figured out that magic recipe of listen to each other what does the other person not want to do support that communicate and freaking you don't have to do the same things and every every quarter every month every year your roles are going to ebb and flow you you might be going through something and you need to kind of not be there as much for a month and the other person picks up the slack or uh, someone else kind of has a breakdown and the other person picks up the slack and it's like <laughs> that's I mean, the that's the point of partnership like it truly is a relationship and i think that's the thing like people get so people, upset when i hear people say they would never be in a partnership it always makes me kind of laugh because i'm like i don't actually see how business works without it it, it's yeah. very hard. You to have do to ev- eventually hire people to help you, which is in sense a partnership. They might not own it, yeah. but you're partnering with people to help the collective of the business grow. And that's what you have to start thinking of. It's so helpful to have another person to lean on. And I think also having two people or more with skin in the game is also very helpful. It also is a nightmare if those people, if one person's doing everything and the other people are not, or the other mm-hmm. person is not. We're talking about a partnership that two people decided to work on it. If you're in a business partnership and only one of you wants to work on it and the other person or the other people do not, you need to get out of it. Yeah. Well, because I, I it, love will, you, it won't change. I love that you brought that up because it's true. Like there's so many partnerships that we see as coaches where one person's just dropping the ball and the other person's picking up the slack. And I think the difference is they're not talking about it. And so obviously resentment happens where you have said like, Sid, like, I need you to, I need you to be there right now. And I have said, I need you to kind of be there during this time. Like then it's not, there's no resentment. It's like, I'm doing this to help the other person out. And I don't understand why people aren't talking to each other. Like, it's okay to have a life and to have emotions and anxiety and 
fears. I have issues and- like, so like when I look at Sid's calendar, it's completely full. I mean, to the point of like, I would have a, I would have a breakdown from looking at it. I've actually looked at Sid's calendar and showed it to Josh, my partner, and I'm like, look at the insanity of what this woman does on a daily basis. And then I look at my calendar, which is not as full. And then I start to think like, oh my gosh, like maybe everyone thinks I don't do anything. Maybe everyone thinks that like, but you start to, if you were to put our calendars up on a screen, people would definitely think Sid was doing a lot more than me. So there's a, it's just a, everything is very strange. The way that things look, the way that things work. Um, And I think with business partners, it's just, it's, it's hard. I don't, there's no like perfect solution, but there's some things that, that you learn along the way that. That I know have helped us immensely. And we also started doing this thing. And coaching. We have, you and I have coaching. Oh yeah. We've, we are in coaching together in multiple, we have multiple coaches that we do together. And then we have separate ones too, like, and obviously therapists. So like, I mean, hello. One thing that I think was super helpful was boundary setting because we have apps that are made for communication. And so basically we have Slack to talk to our team and to work and then text messages is for friends. And sometimes it kind of blurs, but things get lost. So what we've really tried to do is like work stays on Slack. Friend conversation. Yeah. yeah, work stays on Slack and like then like we can talk shit and like <laughs> send memes in text yeah. message or like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Or or things like that. And that has been super helpful because also if I'm saying something to you about work and you're done working at five, it stays in the Slack. So just because I'm talking to you in text message doesn't mean that whatever I said to you about work is going to translate. Like we're having a whole different relationship conversation. And that's been cool. Yeah. I also think one of the the biggest things when it comes to business partnerships is that I see in the salon world, especially is people go into business because they say, well, this person does the things I don't want to do. And I don't know if that's necessarily the best Mm -hmm. business situation because now I've also heard a lot of business partners. They have a business partner who does one thing and then they own half the company. And my question is why do they own half of your company and they just do one thing that you could hire someone else to mm-hmm. do. Like, be very clear that there's Let a them own, like, 5%. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to do everything 50-50. Like, that's another thing in partnerships that people need to understand. Like, you can have a partnership that's not 50-50. If somebody wants to be a partner or wants to help you, but they say, listen, I can't do 50% of the work. This is what I can bring to the table. Now we negotiate how much of the business they own and I think hairdressers think it's like 50-50 or nothing. And I don't. Here's the thing, too. Not, the 50-50 thing. It's hard to explain, like, in the sense of, like, you're not splitting the work 50-50. Right. It's like, I, I almost look at it as, like, are you showing up in a percentage-wise? I can wholeheartedly say you show up 50% of this company. I show up the other 50%. Like, but we worked up to getting 50-50. We yeah. weren't always like that because our lives were different. Like in the beginning, I was still traveling as a hairstylist. I wasn't I wasn't living in New York yet. Not until like over the past couple of years did we finally were able to like, okay, we are on the same level in the sense of like we're doing massive amounts of work together to make this collectively yeah, work. You can renegotiate 
whenever you want. And honestly, when my wife and I start having babies, I might have to take some time off. You know what I mean? Like, and it might be 40, We should just 60. have babies at the same time. I know, right? It's just like the crew. The, we have a good coaching team. They could absolutely run they this company it. without us. But I mean, that's that's what you just have to do. I think I think people aren't talking enough. I think they're not. I think they're remembering like if they are forgetting like if they get in a fight, like it's okay. Like those things are meant to show you what needs to change and change them. It yeah, and you also really you don't have to agree. You don't have to do the same things. You can ask the other person to do something that technically you're supposed to do. It's okay if you can't do something when you mm-hmm. need to. Like. Yeah, it's just the whole point of partnership is to have a partner. I think the same issues that happen in business partnerships are the same that happen in like romantic relationships mm-hmm. where it's like it's hard to ask when you need help. Mm-hmm. When you especially the longer you've been together and like you create systems, it's hard to ask for help. And because you're like, well, this is my job and this is your job. And sometimes it just doesn't work that way. And the worst thing that can happen is that you bite your tongue and you just keep doing it yes. and you build all this resentment through the and process. Then, it's just, then you explode. Right. And then it's Absolutely. not okay. It's not okay. But oh business, my gosh. I'm telling you, get up. I've actually had some students recently be like, should I get a business partner? And it's like, sure. But yeah. it can't, it can't be because you don't want to do something. Uh huh. Then just and hire someone to do that thing. If you want a business partner, it needs to be someone that you want to spend the rest of your life with. <laughs> yes. It's so true. Because it could outlast your marriage. Yeah. Our partnership has outlasted your first marriage. My first marriage? She gone. And multiple, multiple girlfriends. Re- yeah, same with me. Multiple same, part- multiple like, boyfriends. Boyfriends. And yeah, like that's a business partnership. It's very hard to find. They're not common, the mm-hmm. ones that work. There's a lot of business partners out there that you know they make it work but they're not fulfilled if you want something fulfilling you can work with friends and family but you have to be very clear and you both need to have some sort of coach or guide like people that are doing it without any guidance i don't know how i'm like do you hate each other (laughs) but i also think the same thing about couples that aren't in therapy i'm like how are you navigating the world yeah (laughs) it's very confusing what are you doing (laughs) you're just like making it up yeah. I mean, yeah, like essentially we're all making it up, but like like ask for some help, you know? Simple. Ask for some help. This has been a great couples therapy session. <laughs> Welcome to couples therapy. Does anybody remember Delilah? That's what I think about. Oh, what do you mean? Women. She's still Delilah, around. I think she, she actually died a long time ago and they just now have her voice and they just AI it. Yeah. She's just an she's just artificial intelligence. And I think when you die and you go to heaven, uh, hopefully that it's just Delilah. It's just her voice. <laughs> oh and then I God. saw what she looked like and it's not what I pictured my whole I life. I don't want to see. I have it it's in my not, head and that's it. I pictured her looking a little bit like Susie Orman. <laughs> she doesn't. She does not look like Susie Orman at all. And it I'm was very upsetting. I'm not going to look her up. I can't have that ruined she's, for me. She's beautiful. It's just, it wasn't, you know, like when you have a picture and then yeah. you, or like when you of think someone's, someone's taller and then you meet them in person, you're like, oh, <laughs> you're very oh my tiny. God. Yeah. <laughs> it happens all the time. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, thanks, Delilah. <laughs> <laughs>
next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. And they don't want to change it. And so now they're mad at us for bringing it up. Why? How dare you make me uncomfortable with something that I think I need to live on? And I, it's like, that's the, that's point. the point. And that's where I get like, again, disagree. You can even say I disagree. Mm-hmm. But when you start saying really mean, hurtful things, why do we do that to each other? 